Hello and welcome to Deep Cleanse with the Skin Nerd. I am Jennifer Rock and in this podcast series I'll be talking about all things skin. Along the way I'll be joined by my wonderful nerd and nerdettes who will be giving great tips and also some humans who have lots of questions about their own skincare. In this episode I'll be talking to Nerd Ben where we talk all things mineral makeup and what ingredients you should actually apply to have the healthiest skin. Nerd Ben, how are you? Thank you for joining our podcast. I'm very good, thank you. How are you today? I'm really good. Yeah, really, really good. Perfect. So you have had the most interesting, I think, introduction into skincare makeup because you've been reared with it. Am I right? Yeah, well, I basically grew up with it. Like my my mom says, my mom is one of the first beauty therapists back home in Sweden ever, really. So when she was 16, she, uh, or when she was 13, she decided that she wanted to be a beauty therapist. And when she was 16, she moved to Vienna. And she studied beauty therapy at there. Yeah, at 16, wow, she so moved little. by herself as well. She moved into a little studio apartment in the middle of Vienna as well. And she moved then to um, Austria because they had a medical angle on beauty therapy. So it wasn't just like the topical bit of it. So she Relaxing was actually taught by two doctors then. Wow. And that, that was a, her attraction for it. And then she's half German as well. So she already had the language basically. So um, she went to Vienna and she was trained by two doctors. So she was completely immersed in the more aesthetic medical side of skincare, some more advanced treatments than the typical spa based. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I mean, as far as it's as advanced it was back then, but she liked the fact that they went into a lot of medicine and my mom actually started a to school as well in Sweden, which is where I did my training as well. When I was little, we moved to Gothenburg, which is the city that I'm from. And there she opened a salon. And that's kind of where I spent my young years as well, running around inside the salon. I <laughs> thought it was great crack. And What were you asked to do? Like, what were your first few jobs? Was it cutting cotton wool or did you, um, were you allowed to talk to clients? I was allowed to talk to clients. I was allowed to be there. Uh, I had to keep it very professional. It was quite a big salon as well. So they had uh, four treatment rooms and then they had 16 hairdressers working there as well. So it was so, both. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So it was really, really big. And I used to run around and just play around really when I was that young and then my mum realised that she could put me to work and then she got you know like one <laughs> of those clever lady. one of those like silicone heads that you use that you oh, for pull her. highlights out of <laughs> yes. they actually don't come with the holes already made they have a little marking where you have to make the holes so she you used to, to make, gave, yeah, she gave me a crochet needle and she made me basically five. <laughs> yeah something go play like with that, that and, and, and that's how she managed to keep me from going there all the day and did you enjoy so. it <laughs> like when you were little and she said right we're going to the salon today would you be like oh god or did you know this is something you're eventually going to work in? Um, I found it really interesting. I wasn't that interested in the skin aspect of it though. I like the aesthetic side more like uh, hair and makeup and I actually started off by working with makeup as well. But I remember specifically when I was little my mum used to work with a Japanese skincare brand for many 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 years and uh, they were one of the first ones who did these peel off masks and it was like a clear transparent one that you put on and it basically clinged on to all the dirt on your skin and then you peeled it off and then you could see your face so hanging in front of you. So it actually looked like you had removed a layer of skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can see why you'd be intrigued. So you grew up in Sweden and then am I right in saying that you trained in London as well? So is that where yeah, so a lot of your I makeup did, training took place? I lived in London for six and a half years and that's where I did my makeup training as well then. So I went to the Delamar Academy over there. 
and did special and effects you... and everything like that as well. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you do on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't even look like this. <laughs> so I don't know the real Ben. Who are you? Yeah, I'm a woman. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful yeah. skin. You do have the most stunning skin. So I think for you, you said to me before, if I'm right, that you suffered with your skin when you're younger. Did yeah, you have like blemishes and spots? Yeah, I had really and... bad acne. But thankfully then, my mom had actually started her beauty school um, at that time. So well, that was pretty handy for you. That was very handy. So I used to go for uh, steam extractions um, You still love those. I hear you all the time talking to clients about it. That you, Am I right in saying that you believe a really good facial should involve steam and a manual extraction? Absolutely. I think like uh, like the skill of having someone who preps your skin and does a thorough extraction, like the type of work that does is something that you cannot achieve at home. Mm-hmm. But it's what you do at home is, I don't know, what percent, if you were to guess, what percent do you think the home care plays in the overall skin health? Is it 90% at home, 10% in clinic, 80, 20? I would say unless you have any major concerns that needs rectifying, mm-hmm. Um, your home care really is 90 to 95% of the results that you're going to see with your skin. But obviously... You know, there every is... single salon across the country is going to be yelling now, saying, yeah, no! Well, well, there's definitely a time and place for salons as well. And that's like I mentioned earlier, like extractions, for example. Mm-hmm. I do think they're best when they're done by someone who knows what they're doing and they know how to prep the skin thoroughly. I also think internal skincare is really important, like partly in terms of supplementation, if you need to rectify certain things that are missing. Like, for example, I don't I know for a fact that I don't eat enough uh, fish. So I take a lot of omegas just because I find that's actually better for hydrating my skin than putting moisturizer on in the first place. But Ben, I remember saying this to a client, it must be about a year ago now, Um because you know, we often say like, how's your diet? And you know how detailed our consultation forms are. It's, mm. We've asked them everything bar their breakfast that day. And I remember this client saying, I eat lots of fish, loads of fish. I was like, okay, brilliant. And just dig a little bit deeper because I really believe skincare, particularly in a consultation, is all about the art of pulling out the answers that you want yeah, so you absolutely. can then advise. So this client had said this, we'll call her Mary, it's always Mary. And she said, I eat lots of fish. I was like, brilliant. I was like, what do you eat? She goes, well, I have like a battered cod on a Friday and I have fish fingers on a Thursday. And I was like, no, Mary. So I think people have a different idea as to what eating well is. But I agree with you completely. I think when you're eating your essential fatty acids, it is like your internal moisturizer. But people want to be told, here's the mask, here's the moisturizer. Yeah, that's no, they how they've want, been trained. They want that's... the answer to be topical all the of time. Course, but, it's but why, when... why do you think that is? People just think like a pro- product is a solution to their uh, to their problems. Problem. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the marketing that we're fed as well. So it's understandable exactly. that you would think like that too. And it's the same like what you say with essential fatty acids when you try to explain this to people. I actually try to talk to people and say like, well, listen, even if you eat a lot of fish, um, the omegas that is in fish, it gets broken down when it reaches a temperature over 55 degrees Celsius. So if you actually cook your fish, you're not going to get all the essential fatty acids that's actually in the fish anyway. So technically, if you're going to get all your omega-3s from uh, an animal source, then you should eat sushi all the time, which is great if you have that budget. I would love to have that budget. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that later. (laughs) I have that budget too. (laughs) Sweet. So essential fatty acids play a large part for uh, um, like moisturizing the skin, lubricating the skin. 
And that's in conjunction. So treatments you're saying then are kind of a smaller part of the pie. What you do at home really makes a big difference. So supplements is the internal part that's obviously feeding the skin from within, as we always say. Mm -hmm. Then external skincare, we know that you're really good with it and a lot of our clients are so good. But then the on top part, I think, is the underdog. So people tend to put a lot of makeup on every day. And interestingly, so I suppose because you've lived in so many different countries, do you feel that the Irish typically wear a lot more makeup? Yeah. Do we like it? I find that uh, (laughs) Irish women like a very well made up look. Like it's quite like there's a lot of contouring. There's a lot of lip color. There's a lot of there's a there's a little bit of extra of everything. Like you've got your nails, you've got your tan, you've got your full foundation, you've got your sculpting going on. Um, So it's it's quite interesting from that aspect. Um, England is very similar in that aspect. Uh, whereas Sweden is very much like, okay, I'll just put some mascara on and a tinted moisturizer and then uh, they're ready for a night out. Most people would bring high heels that they would walk to the party and then they would have spare flat ones with them (laughs) that they would change to throughout the night as well. Matthew, my son, went to a disco a couple of weeks ago and I saw this with my own eyes. All the teenagers were 15, they had flats and they were, I was like, just mesmerized. How did I never figure this out (laughs) in my 30 odd years on the planet and these geniuses are walking around comfortable. So makeup, I suppose, I agree completely. I think as a nation we love it I think we cover ourselves a little bit too much and I think it can be down to the fact that it's confidence sometimes that we don't necessarily see it as playful and creative like you say is the reason why you love it I Mm. think it's concealing and I feel that if we help them get their skin into a better position then they'll feel more confident themselves and then be more like the Swedish and wear less so how do I know what product to look for? How do you advise your clients what to do or what not to do if they are adamant on wearing well, a heavy coverage? From my perspective, when I talk to my clients, if they have major concerns with their skin, like they suffer from breakouts or they have congestion or inflammation or redness, I think most people can relate as well that like, if they've worn a full face of makeup and they take it off at the end of the day, they can see that their skin is more red. They can feel the day after that they get a lot more congestion on their skin. So choosing something like a mineral-based product, which uh, then would be a bit more skin-friendly. So from my perspective, when I talk to my clients, I would go like, okay, listen, if you're going to invest all your time and effort and also money, of course, on using good quality skincare that puts your skin into a healthy place, why would you go and choose something that effectively works as cement on top of your skin to give you (laughs) that full coverage that like traditional cosmetic makeup can be great for for some things um but like a lot of the foundations particularly they contain binding ingredients so the easiest way to explain how they function on the skin is that they kind of work like glue so they adhere to your skin great for longevity um but they also in this gluing process they glue shut your pores basically so you wake up the next day with more sensitivity more redness more breakouts so then it's important to choose something that's a bit more skin friendly. And most people think like, okay, well, I need that sort of fuller coverage. And I said, well, yeah, at the same time, maybe you do. But you can get that by using a product that's actually a skincare product at the same time. So you don't have to choose the product that just gives you cement. More paint coverage. Yeah, it doesn't have to look like grease paint or cement on your skin. (laughs) or. I'm sure everyone's delighted now listening to this (laughs) cement face that they're potentially walking around with. So if I go to my bathroom press, like we're not saying, God, you have to bin everything and start again. What ingredients, like give me some of the ingredients they should look at or look for to know that it's better for their skin. 
Okay, well, if you choose a product that is formulated as a skincare product as opposed to being formulated like a makeup product, mm-hmm. so... Um, but they're few and far between, aren't they? There are not that many out there, but uh, there's a few brands that do some really good work with this as well. Um, if you're unsure, choosing something that is purely mineral, meaning that it's made up from the likes of zinc oxide, titanium dioxide, uh, iron oxides, most of the time they contain the likes of mica as well, which gives a little bit of pearlescent effect to the skin. Some of these products also contain amino acids like lysine, which is actually one of the building blocks for your skin already. They would be, I guess, the safest bet if you don't, if you have a very reactive skin, because the less that's in a makeup product, the more friendly it is on the skin as well. But then you could go down the routes of finding like liquids and creams um, that would be mineral based as well, that would then have the likes of vitamin A, for example, in it. Uh, Get out. Do we like vitamin A? We love Get vitamin out. A, don't we? Um, and the likes of other antioxidants that help to protect the skin, but gives you the coverage, but without causing congestion on the skin as well. And I think the clever thing with mineral is that you can apply a very light layer and just, you know, kind of even out the skin tone, but then you can build it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, that's genius because an a lot of the time people particularly if I look at teenagers I suppose I say that because I'm surrounded by them all the time in my house but they have like you know a beautiful orange line to their jaw like the tide line and then it's this really lovely white neck I'm like blend blend it but with mineral makeup because it's so soft it kind of how do you describe it it almost melts in or how do you describe it it settles yeah, like into it your own me- skin mel- it, it basically melts like into you. the skin like mineral makeup as well is made up from the likes of iron oxide then for example which is a magnetic material in the first place so it actually adheres to your skin but then the pigments adhere to each other as well so the more you buff it onto the skin the more coverage you get when and you the more- say buff it do you mean like what does that actually so let's say that you take a dense um, powder brush um, and it has to be a dense one you can't get like a big fluffy one they're just not going to perform the same way short and stumpy short and stumpy they used to be called kabukis now they're called buffers Uh, there's loads of different names for them Uh, some are made from goat hair some are synthetic doesn't uh, like find one that works for you Mm -hmm. they don't have to be expensive you can find really good brushes that aren't terribly expensive um and then you use them and you load the product with powder. You tap it on the table. So you use Is the, this a mineral? It's like a powder. So yeah, like a Because there's two types, isn't there? You can have a liquid mineral and a powder liquid. But most people associate mineral powder. Yeah, exactly. So this would have been for a um, powder, powder product. Then. So either okay. if it's a pressed powder or if it's a loose powder. And then you tap it onto the kabuki brush and then you use it in buffing motions onto the skin. So you swirl it onto the skin, basically. And then if you want a fuller coverage, let's say that you have areas where you have a lot of redness or you have a chin that has a lot of breakouts on it at the moment, you use the side of the brush and then you actually just roll it over the skin. Like obviously not the handle, the side of the <laughs> actual brush. And you roll it over the skin and that way the pigments adhere more to that area as well and then you get more of a coverage. Typically people maybe in their 30s, 40s that are conscious of lines and wrinkles, I tend to find that they scare away or shy away from a powder because they think powder, they think talc in the olden days, let's say. So Mm -hmm. they think, you know, oh, it's going to sit in. But that's no longer true. It's not like a lot of the mineral makeup, if it's a good quality, it won't sit into a line or wrinkle. It'll sit almost over it. It glides over it. So it's more forgiving. But at the same time, though, like they're like, I tell that to all my clients when we talk about makeup as well, like, whatever texture that you like or whatever sort of format of a color product that you love applying on your skin, I have an equivalent that's mineral that's going to give you (laughs) benefits for your skin. So if you like a liquid, 
I have a liquid and I have like a liquid that would give you a full coverage if you have a lot of redness or you have a lot of things that you would like to have covered or if you just prefer to have like a full face Mm -hmm. on. And I have liquids that are semi-transparent so it'll show your skin through but it'll it'll just make you look like you're a bit more awake and you're a little bit more even toned. No one's really going to see that you have any product on and I have everything that's in between there as well. This is like a treasure box to be honest. Like I I want access to this. So people apply their makeup at, let's say, seven o'clock in the morning and they get home that night. Long, hard day. So what should we be doing? So cleansing for a full 60 seconds. So we talk about double cleansing. So what does that mean? Because, again, we mentioned marketing quite a lot. So double cleansing is basically cleaning your face once with one product and another cleanser with another product yeah well that's kind of the way that it's fed to most people when they get into these korean skincare rituals or when they read beauty blogs it doesn't have to be that complicated you can actually just use like something like a cleanse of mitt to pre-cleanse the skin to remove <laughs> we are makeup. definitely biased about we're that little baby we're definitely biased to this one for sure but uh, <laughs> what is a cleanse of mitt so it's a little microfiber mitt that harnesses the power of just warm water to actually scoop dirt and debris off the skin so it's a natural and non-chemical approach to pre-cleansing your skin. And it basically to just lift off whatever that you have on your day throughout the day. So your SPF, your makeup, like it even removes waterproof mascaras as well. People so. don't believe it. It's one of those doubting Thomas situations. You have yeah, to try yeah. it to believe it. So the cleanse off mate or a pre-cleanser to take off the majority of your day, your pollution. I always have people say to me, well, I don't actually wear makeup. And they have this really smug face about them. So it's oil, it's pollution, it's debris, it's walking around, it's it's being alive. You need to to double cleanse or use your first cleanser but you started saying that you don't think it has to be as complicated as that so yeah, what would exactly. your and I think main well, cleanse like with, be? With double cleansing like you want to get rid of your SPF like SPFs are not designed to yeah like they're not meant to stay on all day so doing a thorough cleanse of your skin is really important so you double cleanse by starting with your cleanse of mitt, you use it with just warm water. It pre-cleanses your skin. It removes debris. It removes pollution. It removes your sunscreen and makeup as well if you had any on. And then you go in and do your actual skin cleanse. And when you do your actual skin cleanse, you use a skin-friendly cleanser that is designed for your skin type. So if you have a very dry skin, you do something that's possibly a bit more creamy. If you have more of a combination and oily skin, you do something that's more of a wash consistency. You need considerably less of your cleanser when you have pre-cleansed your skin. So it'll work out more economically for you in the long run. You massage it onto your skin for about 60 seconds. I tell my clients, if you've done it for 30, I'm still happy with you. <laughs> um, and then you would then use your cleanse of mitt to physically remove the cleanser off your skin. And by doing that, you get a really good deep cleanse of your skin that won't strip it too much. So you're not going with something that's very aggressive, but you make sure that everything is thoroughly removed. And obviously, by doing that, you'll make sure to know that your skincare actually works to its best ability because it's not a rich layer of old dirt and grime that's stopping the serums from penetrating deeper into your skin. I think my bugbear when I look at television sometimes though is that they have the beautiful model who's cleansing and then she kind of just sprinkles the water on her face so your main point there about removing it with your mitt or your face cloth or a flannel or a muslin cloth is that you're physically as you say taking that cleanser off so your skin is fresh and ready then to receive any other products that you put on after. Mm. Cleansing after your beautiful mineral makeup is important. It does have a massive part in skin health. Thank you so much for being with me. If you had one last nerdy tip, what would you say? 
Well, a nerdy tip from a makeup perspective from my point of view would be that make sure that you have your skincare in check because if you use the right products for your skin, you're going to need less makeup and whatever makeup that you put on your skin is going to sit so much better. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. So for more information, how-to videos on the core four, double cleansing, feeding your skin from within and lots and lots more, check out my Nerd Code series on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle.